Amen. Praise God. Christ is alive. And His life, praise God, is moving within us, around us. We experience the life, the resurrection power of Christ in our life. Shall we look to God's Word? John chapter 16 verses 7 to 11 Amen Praise the Lord Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We thank you for your word. Your word imparts life into us. We pray that your spirit will speak and minister to us, Lord, bringing us to a place of total surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. We pray that you would release grace and anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of God's word effective and fruitful. To Christ be the glory, every resistance to the preaching of God's word. Every critical spirit, we bind them in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. How many of you guys remember the title for our message? You God help. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor you got help. Praise God. God wants us to live a life that is full. He wants our faith to be active, thriving, left to our wishes left to our whims, we have all the potential to fall and to falter. Add to that, you know that the Bible says we have an active enemy that is working against our lives to bring our life down, to bring our testimony down. Praise God. But knowing that we will face hurdles in our lives, knowing that we can pull it by ourselves, God has given us His Holy Spirit. Praise God. Holy Spirit is with us. He indwells us. Praise God. What does He do? He empowers us. He energizes. He guides us. And he teaches us to live God's way of life in a hostile and in a wicked world. <clears throat> you know, the Bible says, the scripture makes it clear as we repeated it again and again. And I would like to do it again today. That Holy Spirit is full and equal member of the Trinity. He's not a force. Is not a thing, is not an it, is not a mystical whiff. The Holy Spirit 
is God himself. Praise God. Treating him as some sort of heavenly afterthought or a lowly supernatural being is grievous. And last week, we made it very clear. Who is this that is with us? We said he is omnipotent. He is omnipresent and he's omniscient. And if it is this spirit of God that is with us and within us, then you and I can live the kind of life that God expects us to live. Praise God. I don't know about you, but when I ponder on it, when I think on it, it excites me to know that the helper that Jesus talks about is one who knows everything about everything. And he is by my side. And he is within me. And I know that he will see me through in this life journey. Praise God. We are in a life journey. The moment that we receive Christ into our lives. We have started this journey. It's a long journey. It's a hard journey. We don't know the track, the terrain for this journey. But the Spirit of God that is with us, that is within us, will empower us to finish this journey. Praise God. We read from the words of Jesus from John chapter 14, where Jesus said, I have prayed to the Father that he send the Spirit. Here Jesus is saying in chapter 16, it is expedient that I go away. Praise God. If I go away, I will send him to you. Praise God. And the words that we read, we see the three key aspects to the ministry of the Holy Spirit that is recorded here. And we want to briefly touch them and to look at it as how it applies to our lives. This is what Jesus said. And when he has come, who has come? Holy Spirit. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. We understand from the words of Jesus that the Holy Spirit reproves mankind of their unbelief. He reveals the way that man has gone wrong in their life, how they have departed from his truth. He attests that mankind is deserving of eternal judgment by a just and a righteous God. Listen, the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, here. First we said in chapter 14, he is our helper. He is our comforter. As a helper, he helps us. He helps us in various ways to do the will of God, to know the will of God, 
to live a life that is pleasing to him. Praise God. Here, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit, he does what? He brings conviction. Praise God. He brings conviction of sin to who? Look at the verse and tell me. To the? To the world. Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin to the world. Why? Well, Jesus came into this world. And Jesus came, lived a sinless, righteous life. Jesus said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. He said, I am the life. But the world ignored him. The world overlooked him. Now the Spirit of God has come. And he brings conviction to the world. According to this particular word, he brings conviction of the sin of unbelief. In other words, their lack of belief in Jesus, who is the way, who is the truth, who is the life. The Spirit of God brings conviction to the world of unbelief, the sin of unbelief. The next thing that Jesus said is, does the Spirit of God brings conviction of what? What does the Spirit of God do? The, praise the Lord. He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness. Praise God. Telling the world that there is only one who is righteous. That is the Lord Jesus. Jesus lived a sinless, holy, blameless life. Yet the world branded him as a deceiver. The world branded him as a blasphemer. The world branded him as a one who had the demon in him. The world said, you are functioning with the power of the prince of demon. And the spirit of God is convicting the world. Telling the world that there is only one who is righteous. And that is Jesus himself. And we by ourselves cannot measure up to the righteousness of God. What else does the spirit of God do? He, he, he convicts them of judgment praise God what is it saying the Bible says of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged so the spirit of God convicts men of sin of righteousness of judgment to come convicts who convicts who the world of the sin of unbelief, righteousness, and judgment to come. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit does. Now, I want you to relate it to us. We were once in the world. Praise God. The Holy Spirit convicted us of unbelief. Praise God. Thank God when the word was preached, 
when the spirit of God worked in you and me, we were convicted and we came to believe in the Lord Jesus as our savior. The spirit of God reminds us of righteousness. Righteousness does not mean, as the Bible says, right behavior, but right standing with God. Praise God. Through the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, anyone and everyone who believes in Jesus, who has received Christ as their Savior, has come to the knowledge that we by our own righteousness cannot measure up with the righteousness of God. Praise God. But the moment you and I are saved, we have been positionally made righteous. We have a right standing with God. Those who have a right standing with God are expected to behave right. Those who have a right standing with God are expected to live right. Those who have a right standing with God are expected to live a righteous life. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, it also reminds us that what? Who has been judged? What is it? Because the ruler of this world is judged. Praise God. Once we were condemned, once we were in sin, once we were under the dominion of the ruler of the world, praise God. But Jesus, by his work on the cross of Calvary, he has defeated the enemy. He has defeated the ruler of this world, meaning Satan. He has defeated him on the cross of Calvary. And we who have received Christ as our Savior, praise God, those who have a right standing with God, we are reminded this morning by the Spirit of God that Satan has been defeated and he has no say so on your life. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now listen to this. Here the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. It does what? He convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. When we read Acts chapter 24, verse 25, there we see the conviction about what? Of righteousness, of self-control, and judgment to come. Does the Holy Spirit only convict the world? No, the Holy Spirit will convict us, will convince us also about things that we need to get right with God. Amen? You think the Holy Spirit would do that? Yes? The difference is this. When the Spirit of God convicts us, convinces us, pursues us, it always draws us back to God. When Satan condemns us, it is always driving us away from God. 
So the spirit of God who knows everything about us, when he convinces us, when he convicts us, when he pursues us, his intention is not to condemn you, but to draw you back into the fold of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you have come to worship the Lord this morning. And as you sit here in the presence of God, if you are feeling condemned, that's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will convict you so that you can come back into the presence of God. If you cannot dive into God's Word, if you cannot linger in the presence of God, after coming in the house of God, if you can't stay focused because something is bugging you, something is bothering you, something is driving your mind and your thought away from here, that's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God ushers us into the presence of God. Amen. Praise God. So allow the Spirit of God this morning to usher you into the presence of God. He is our helper. He has been sent to help us in this journey, to empower us so that we will continue in this, in this journey in a way that is pleasing to him. Praise God. The Holy Spirit was sent to convince the world of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. Hallelujah. Hey, look at this. I don't know. Do you remember the day that the Spirit of God convicted you of your sin? Do you remember the day the Spirit of God convicted you of the sin of unbelief and opened your heart to receive Christ as your Savior? Do you remember that day? I do. It's etched in my heart. That picture is so vivid in my memory that every time I think about the grace of God, I can always go back and pull out that picture because it reminds me of the new lease to life that God gave me. It reminds me the new beginning that he gave me. It reminds me when he put my name in the Lamb's book of life. He re that reminds me the day when I, become, when I became the child of God. Do you remember that day? Praise God. How many of you guys remember your birthday? You remember your birthday? Some do, some don't. People who get gifts, they all remember their birthday. Praise God. But let me ask you, do you remember the day that you were born again into the kingdom of God? Praise God. Do you know that day? Praise God. I remember the day when I stood up in the church that I was in. Praise God. There was such a conviction of the Spirit of God upon me. I stood up and I received Christ as my Savior. Hot tears flowing through my eyes, through my cheek. I remember the day as it's etched in my heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. That was one of the glorious 
day of my life. Praise God. When heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Praise God. It's good once in a while to remember what he has done for you. The day that you were touched. The day that he called you. He beckoned you with his love. The day where you were found. The day when you started a new lease to life. The day when the spirit of God started his work in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. How were you saved? It's the word of God and the spirit of God working in us. Hallelujah. Regenerating our spirit. The spirit that is within us was dead to God. Was not communicating with God. Was not in communion with God. Was not responding to God. But the life that is imported within us caused the spirit in me. The human spirit in me to respond to the spirit of God. Praise God. I was born again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, the spirit of God convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment to come. How does he do it? Well, when you and I share the word of God. Praise God. The Holy Spirit takes that word that you and I share and will convict the world of the sin of unbelief, of the fact that the righteousness does not measure the righteousness of Christ in the judgment to come. The question is, the Spirit of God that indwells you, the Spirit of God that empowers you, are you an instrument of righteousness? Are you a tool in the hands of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the plan and the design of God in this world. Are you? Praise God. Moving on. What else does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit sanctifies the believer. Praise God. He sets us apart to live a holy life. Leading us to put to death the sinful deeds. And change us into the image of Christ. This is how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8. And when we read Romans chapter 8 from 5 to 14, I don't have the time to read all of them. I would read a few of them. This is how Paul puts it in Romans 8, 5 and 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And when you read that portion, when you read that segment, we see Paul describes life on three different levels. And he encourages his readers to rise up to the highest level. How many levels? How many levels? Life in three levels. How many levels? Well, we got to find out what level you are in. Ask your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, we're going to find out what level you are in. Praise the Lord. Number one, when we read 5 to 8, we realize that the first level that Paul talks about, 
you do not have the spirit of God in you. In other words, he's talking about the unsaved person does not have the spirit of God. Romans 8, 9. He lives in the flesh and he lives for the flesh. His mind is centered on the material things of the world. His mind is centered on things that are of the flesh. To live in the flesh means to give priority to the material things of this world. Alive physically, but spiritually dead. Hello. Is that possible? Is that possible to be physically alive and spiritually dead? Yes. What does that mean? It simply means, see, man is trichotomies. He's made of three substances. He has the spirit, he has the soul, and he has the body. Body is what you and I see. The physical, that's the body. The soul is a seed of mind, emotion, and will. And every person has a spirit within him. To be physically alive means I have been physically given birth. I have life in me. I can walk. I can talk. I can act. I can touch. I can feel. Praise God. I use the physical faculties to do these things. But then I have a soul which is a seat of mind, emotion, and will. And every person has a spirit within him. Now, just because you're physically alive does not necessarily mean that you are spiritually alive. Every person who is physically alive is not spiritually alive. Who is spiritually alive? Those who have been regenerated by the Spirit of God. Praise God. We who were once dead in our transgression and in our sin. God, he did what? He quickened us up. He raised us up from the dead and has made us to sit in heavenly places with Jesus. When you allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to work within us, the spirit man within us is revived and regenerated and now he responds to the Spirit of God. Uh, I hope it's not going over your head. Praise God. Hallelujah. An unsaved person is physically alive, but he is spiritually what? He is spiritually dead. In other words, he's not responding to God. He's not responding to God. He may be moral. He may be a religious person. He might be doing everything right. That does not mean that he has, he, he is spiritually alive. He lacks the spiritual life that only Christ can offer. Offer To be in the flesh means to be lost outside of Christ. The unsaved person pleases himself, not God. To the unsaved, he does not have the spirit of God. Praise God. He's living in the lowest 
level out of the three level that we are talking about he lives where he's on the first level the lowest level praise God but a person does not need to stay in that level by faith he can move to the next level now turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor neighbor have you moved to the next level did you get a response well what's the point of question A spiritually dead person does not respond to the Spirit of God. Okay? So, this is the Bible. The Bible is saying that we does not need to be in that level. We need to move to the next level. But before we touch the next level, we want to talk about something very interesting. Listen what Paul is saying. This is what Paul is saying. He says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What is this carnally minded? What does that mean? What does it mean to live carnally? Anybody? Hey, anybody, come on. A lot of people think to live carnally means to indulge in so much blatant sin that you're just immersed in sin. Is that what it is? Well, that is the extreme. But look what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, 32. This is how Jesus put it. He said, the Gentiles who are only concerned with what? What to eat, what to wear, and where to go. In other words, what am I going to eat, what am I going to wear, and where am I going to go and hang out? Now, tell me, is there anything wrong in it? Is there anything wrong in it? No, there's nothing wrong. I'm going to be eating lunch after the service. And I'm going to make sure that I have something on me all the time. And I'm going to make sure that I have a place to go to. So that's not what we're talking about. But what does Jesus mean by that? Well, what it means is that your life is only evolving around what? The material things of the world. You're only in the realm of the material. Hello? How about that spiritually alive person? He has time for God. He has time for communion with God. He has time for intimacy with God. He has time for prayer. He has time for reading the word. He nourishes and he feeds the spirit with the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hmm. You know, Solomon once asked, what is life all about? And he wanted to find out. For a good amount of time, he spent his time trying everything under the sun. You know, the Bible says he was pursuing wealth. And he, was, he became so rich by pursuing wealth that the Bible says that silver in his time had no value. Hello. Gold was so much that silver had no value. Well, that, doesn't, that didn't satisfy Solomon. He ventured into the next realm. He ventured into the realm of women. You know how many women he had? How many? 
1,000. I don't know why he stopped with a thousand. A thousand women. And I'm sure Solomon being the wisest and the richest man, he picked what? The most beautiful woman from everywhere. That did not satisfy him. Well, then he did what? Partying. That did not satisfy him. What else? He immersed himself in writing books. That did not satisfy him. He was a biologist. He was a botanist. You name it. The man did everything. And finally, he comes to the conclusion. Do you know what the conclusion was? This is what he said. He said what? Everything is meaningless. The conclusion to life is what? Fear God. And follow his commandments. This is a sum of it all. Praise God. Wow. So a carnal mind is always craving. Their life is evolving around what? The material things of the world. But a spiritual man is craving for the spiritual things of the world. Okay, so we need to move, move on. Move. The first level we see is an unsaved person who is physically alive but spiritually dead. The next, next level of person is, is, number one we said, he does not have the spirit of God. The next level we see is, you have the spirit of God. How many of you guys have the spirit of God? You have the spirit of God? Amen. We have the spirit of God. How do we know? Well, I was born again by the work of the Holy Spirit. The minute that my spirit was regenerated, praise God, he sealed me with his spirit. I don't know. Do you know that you have a seal of God's ownership upon you? Did you know that? You have seal of God's ownership upon you. It says that you belong to who? You belong to God. Not only that, he has deposited his spirit within me. Oh, he leads me. He guides me. I experience the joy and the life that God expects me to be. I have become the temple of the living God. Praise God. Even though this body is destined to die one day. Praise God. As, if, as long as I'm alive, the Holy Spirit continues to empower me to live a life that is pleasing to Him. And God, if the, if the coming of the Lord tarries, and if I were to pass away from this world, the Bible says the Spirit of God is going to what? It's going to raise me up one day amen hallelujah now look what paul says he says the spirit of god dwells in you it means the word dwells means to be at home what does the word dwell means to be at home the holy spirit dwells within us okay that means to be at home the holy spirit the question is does the Holy Spirit feel that he is at home with you? Last week we said, is the comforter comfortable in you? Today the question is, the Spirit of God that dwells in you, does he, is he at 
ease within you. What do you think? Is the Spirit of God at home in you? Can the Spirit of God in you say, I am so glad that Finney has been redeemed. I am so glad that he is the my child. Or has he been going to places with you where he should not be? What do you think? Last night, if I was at the bar, how many of you guys were at the bar? Anybody? Nobody? Nobody was at the bar? Come on. You think the Holy Spirit felt at home within you? What do you think? Or did you look at the verses, be filled with the Spirit and decided to get yourself filled with the Spirit? Is he feeling at home within you? Only you can answer it. We leave it to the Holy Spirit to work within you. Yes, if you're a believer, he indwells you. But the question is, is he feeling at home within you? Can he lay back and say, I'm glad I am in your life? Praise God. Next time you feel like doing things which are not pleasing to him, ask yourself whether he's going to feel at home in you. Praise God. All right, moving up. Praise God. We have to move up from, we have to move to the next level. I'm going to close in five minutes. Okay, the first level we said is what? The spirit is not in you. The second level we said is the spirit is in you. Praise God. The third level that the Bible talks about is the spirit having you. Does the spirit have you? What does that mean? Well, it means that he's in control. Praise God. What is the difference between the spirit in me and the spirit having me? The spirit in me is I am saved. I am sanctified. I am led. I am guided. I am directed. Praise God. I am the beneficiary. I take everything that comes to me. And I am very selective. I'm very selective. I tap into the Spirit when I need Him. Hello? When it's time for me to preach, when it's time for me to sing, when I feel that I need to do something that I cannot do by my own strength, I tap into Him. The Spirit is in me, yes, praise God. But the question is, does the Spirit have you? 
What does that mean? That means that you are controlled by the Spirit. That means that you are making every move based on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That means you're living the complete, abundant life that God wants you to. That means that your faith is active. That means you're relying on Him. That means you're leaning on Him all the time. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what Christ wants us to experience. Praise God. That means allowing the Spirit of God to mortify the deeds of the flesh. There is only one way that you and I can mortify the deeds of the flesh. That is allowing the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Yes, through the Spirit. We cannot overcome the challenges we cannot overcome the desires we cannot overcome the allurements of the world by our own strength by our own willpower that's why the holy spirit has been given to us as a helper as an aid as a counselor so that you and i can live a victorious life praise god hallelujah imagine Paul says, mortify the deeds of the flesh, meaning crucify the deeds of the flesh. How do we do it? Have you ever tried to crucify yourself? Imagine, you're going to crucify yourself. Oh, forget it. I'm going to crucify myself. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Tell me, brother. I am crucifying myself. You're not. You can't crucify me. The problem is we all want to crucify each other. No. The Bible says you have to mortify the deeds of your flesh. So imagine I am going to crucify myself. I'm going to take what? One nail, put it on my feet, another one here, and the third one. What about me? Here. What happened? I am crucified what? I'm crucified what? Halfway. And there is a lot of halfway Christians. Crucified halfway. But you know, you allow the Holy Spirit. You, get, you yield yourself to the Spirit of God. Allow him to mortify the deeds of the flesh. How do you do that? Well, take a picture from the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 5. You know, the Ark of the Covenant was captured. And it was brought to the Philistine camp. It was brought to their temple. It was brought to where? It was brought to the temple of Dagon. Dagon was a fish god. Right? And the ark was placed there. The next morning, the priest of Dagon walked in and he saw what? Dagon is what? Flat on the face. What did they do? They picked him up and put him back on the pedestal and walked. The next morning, he came and he saw what? This time, it was not only flat on the face. The hand was broken. The neck was cut off. Common sense would have told him that there was something wrong there. And he should have picked up the cue. Instead of what did he do? Well, the Bible says he patched up Dagon and he said, what should go out? The ark should go. Well, what is the ark? Ark represents what? The presence of God. Praise God. You want to have an overcoming life? You cannot pull it by your own strength. Whatever you are struggling with this morning... I want to tell you, you cannot do it 
by your own strength. But God has given a helper, the Holy Spirit, to help you knowing that you and I cannot pull it by my strength. He will give us the strength to overcome every hurdles. What are you struggling with this morning? Listen, I don't want you to sit there thinking this is a condemnation message. It's not a condemnation message. The Holy Spirit wants to help you out of where you are. He's telling you that I have come. Jesus has sent me to help you, to empower you. You do not have to live a defeated life. You do not have to. What do you need to do? Allow the Spirit of God. Praise God. Allow the ark of God, meaning allow the presence of God to fill your life. Early in the morning when you get up, fall down before God. Ask him, I need your grace. Lord, wash me, cleanse me. I can't pull this by myself. I need your spirit to empower me, to strengthen me. Start your day like that. In every moment when he talks to you, you be obedient to the voice of the Spirit. You immerse yourself in the Word of God and allow the Spirit of God to speak to you and be led and be directed by him. When you fill yourself with his presence, you are able to overcome every hurdles of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Whatever might be your Dagon in your life, allow the Spirit of God to help you to overcome. Hallelujah. The last verse there in 14 goes like this. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the children of God. The Spirit of God not only helps us to overcome, live the life that God wants us to be. He wants, He's one who directs us and guides us and helps us to know the will of God concerning our lives. Saint Augustine was asked once, how do we know the will of God? This is how Augustine puts it. He says, love the Lord your God and do whatever you want. Uh-oh. Love the Lord your God and do whatever you want. What does that mean? Well, if you truly love the Lord, what happens? Praise God. The psalmist says in Psalm 37, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Meaning, when you love the Lord, really genuinely, what happens is, He turns your desire, and He confirms it, conforms it to His will. Amen. Praise God. That's how you would know the will of God concerning your life. God wants us to live an overcomer's life. Shall we rise up before the Lord? Praise God. The question is, are we willing to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God? Would we walk in the Spirit? 
praise God. Or are we carnally minded, getting entangled with the things of this world? Or would you allow the Spirit of God to lead you into life and life in its fullest? All eyes closed. The Spirit of God is here to convict and to convince. Not to condemn us, but to convict us to bring us back to Him. Are you this morning struggling with anything? Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's a bad relationship. Maybe it's something that you are entangled in. You're tried with your own strength, with your own wisdom, with your own wits. But it is not working. Would you allow the Spirit of God to give you that breakthrough that you're looking for? I don't want you to lift your hands, but whatever it is, wherever you are, you speak to Him. Allow Him to flood your heart with the love of God. He loves you. And He has sent His Spirit as a helper for you. Where are you today? Are you at the first level where you do not have the Spirit of God? Or are you moved to the next level where you have the Spirit in you? But you are being disobedient. You are grieving the Spirit. Or do you have you given the Spirit total control of your life? Does the Spirit have you? Praise God. God wants you and me to live in that third level. The highest level where the Spirit has total complete control of our lives. Shall we yield our life to him? Father, we thank you and we praise you. We yield our lives to you, Lord. Lord, we pray that every one of us will be in a place where the Spirit of God has complete control of our lives, of our thoughts, of our emotions, of our will, of every faculties of our life, Father. Lord, quite often we have fallen, Lord, as we have refused to yield the members of our body to your Spirit, O God, and to the instruction of God's Word. And I pray that this afternoon that we would yield ourselves completely, that we may live the kind of life that God has called us to live, the victorious, the full, abundant, vibrant life that God wants us to live. Give us grace to do so. As we depart from this place, we pray that we will go with the assurance that the Holy Spirit in us is in charge and in total control. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. Bless us all together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We have a quick announcement. After the announcement, we're going to give the benediction and we're going to go.